you may have looked at this passage, this text, and you may remember, if we've been here for more than a few years, that these are actually verses that we shared together in the fall of 2016. I know the fall of 2016 in COVID time seems 100 years ago, but um, I had the privilege of just starting to serve as your uh, interim teaching pastor at that time. The other historic events took place, like far more significant than that. For example, the Cubs won the World Series. But um, we started together the Gospel of Matthew, and you may wonder why ultimately we did. Why did we start at the Gospel of Matthew? And why did, why did I pick the Gospel of Matthew in consultation with our, with our elders and, our, and, our, and Bill Burchie, our, our executive pastor? And the reason is a couple of reasons. First, um, Matthew is actually writing to the older brother. Uh, in, think in terms of the parable of the prodigal son. Matthew is written to a more distinctly uh, religiously minded people and reminding them of the beauty of the gospel and who Jesus is, who Jesus was and who he is. And so we started on that passage because I wanted to remind you as a church that God has used in so many powerful ways for over 150 years that we always have to be aware of the new mission Jesus has us on, the call that he sends us to, the people that he has uh, commissioned us to. And so we started with the Gospel of Matthew because it's the older brother, but I also started with the Gospel of Matthew because it's so beautifully a picture reminding us of who Jesus is. We could have started a lot of places, we have gone through the book of Daniel or the book of James as we've been doing so. But um, when I was here the first Sunday, I, I, I will tell you, I was, I was quite intimidated. And I tweeted afterwards, something I tweet a lot of times when I'm at a place, I said, pray we make much of Jesus. So that was uh, three and three quarters years ago, we started the Gospel of Matthew and I prayed we'd make much of Jesus. Some, you might ask, wait for a second, Pastor Lutzer was gone in May of 2016, actually was, so I didn't start as the interim right away, but served uh, starting in September of that year and have just been blessed to be able to do so. So I wanted to share with you some gospel goodbyes today at, on, my last, on my last Sunday and to do so not about uh, me or even about you, but ultimately about Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. And I pray we'd make much of Jesus. See, Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. And this passage in Matthew chapter four is all about his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. So verse 12 actually indicates that uh, John the Baptist is kind of, there's been a shift here, mentions John the Baptist and kind of moves away from John the Baptist to now the focus of Jesus' ministry. And verse 17, which we're gonna look at in just a moment, verse 17, because we're, we're, we're looking at the whole passage, Matthew 4, 12 through 23, but verse 17 gets at the heart of Jesus' kingdom and his gospel and his mission. And we'll look at those together. Thanks to Pastor Larry for reading that passage for us. But Matthew 4, 12 through 23 will be our text that we'll walk through together. So we're going to look at three things today. We're going to look at uh, a life, uh, a world-changing message, a life-changing message, and a Jesus-focused message. We're going to remind ourselves that Moody Church is the church that God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. So let's walk through some things by going through this text together. Let's look at first, um, number one, live a life, excuse me, a world-changing message the gospel of the kingdom. Live a world-changing message, 
the gospel of the kingdom. Because here, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 and following, he walks through this uh, this transitional moment. Pastor Larry read it. I won't reread it now. Reread it now. But he walks through this change, right? So we actually see in Matthew chapter 4 that John had been arrested. So John the Baptist is now pretty much out of the story. Uh, he, Jesus withdraws into Galilee. He then goes and there's, you remember when we went through this series, there's a huge significance and we don't have time to unpack all of it, that he leaves Nazareth and goes to Capernaum by the sea because from there a new light will dawn. These are the kind of passages we read at Christmas time. And so there's so much here that we slowly walk through it. Remember, we walked through the gospel of Matthew for over a year, I think. We went verse by verse through the gospel of Matthew we got to know the Gospel of Matthew so well, we just called it Matt by the time we were done. And we looked a lot at Matthew. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 is a key passage for us from that time, right? So this is a transition point in the ministry of Jesus. From that time forward, from now moving ahead, from that time Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Something has happened and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, has come near. Now what's going on here is world changing because into this broken world comes the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Into the brokenness he comes, he establishes his kingdom, he reconciles people and eventually all things to himself. And in doing so, he births us as citizens of his kingdom. So when we read words like repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we know it's the beginning of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God that ultimately changes everything. And we're citizens of that kingdom and instruments of that kingdom. It changes everything. It changes us. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus may have slipped into the world as in quiet, innocent baby. And that's kind of the theme of the beginning of the gospel of Matthew, born in an obscure place, but a king. Some recognized, but they didn't know in Rome, the center of the world. They didn't know in lots of places. Some knew, but we now know that at that Bethlehem moment, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was born and the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now that universal, beautiful message that ultimately changes all things has a key word at the beginning, repent. That's not a word that I think we generally use in conversations with people. Maybe one day we'll have a barbecue with friends over again in Chicago land and, and you won't say, come on over. And maybe they didn't like your hamburger that you're grilled. You're not going to say repent, but it's essential to understand what that means because in doing so it's responding to the truth, the truth of the gospel and repent means to acknowledge, to agree with God, to confess along with him, the truth of our deep need and our deep situation. We need Jesus. The world needs Jesus, right? But I and you, and if you're watching online and you don't know the Lord, you need Jesus. But if you're watching online, you do know the Lord, you need Jesus. And Moody Church is always at its best when that message of repentance is evidence. Repent is not a negative term, it's a positive term. It's a good thing to get right with God. It literally means a change of mindset, moving to a mindset where following Jesus is the best path. So repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand is both the good news of the totality of the gospel that changes me and eventually changes all things. Now what's interesting, 
Matthew 3, 2 is repeated, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This mission is going to be evident. And here at Moody Church, if you're just watching from uh, somewhere else in the world, right? Um, we talk a lot about the gospel. And what is the gospel? Um, let me kind of share how I will share and define the gospel. The gospel is the good news that God who created the world is more holy than we can imagine, looked upon with compassion people who are more sinful than we would possibly admit. And he sent Jesus into history to reconcile people in the world to himself. Jesus, whose love is more extravagant than we can measure, came to sacrificially die for us so that we might gain through his grace what the Bible defines as eternal life through his death and resurrection. To know the only true God, take hold of this present life by direction and abundant strength afforded to us through the Spirit. We can dwell on the richness of that gospel and we should. See, the challenge is sometimes we get immunized against the beauty of that gospel. And so when Jesus says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this world changing reality of the kingdom of God has broken into the world. It so reminds us not to get caught up in the machinations of religion, in the patterns where we kind of walk through and follow a religious journey. That's why Matthew writes to sometimes a particularly religious people and that's maybe why a church as robust theologically, as passionate as ours, needs to also be reminded that as the kingdom breaks into the world, we're citizens of the kingdom, for the kingdom, in the midst of a broken world. See, this then message of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, becomes an antidote to the way the world thinks of religion. Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, writing as Mark Twain, once said that church is where good people stand in front of good people and tell them how to be good people. So I'm in this room, it's got a handful of people and a lot of empty seats. And one of the things I'm gonna remember that I, that I got to do here was to explain to you, maybe this is the only thing you'll remember about the time I served, why those strange wire contraptions are under each of those chairs. Remember those are for hats that were popular in the 20s when, when this church was being designed, this building. But you know, it's a strange thing to see this empty room, but here's what we've learned and what we're reminded, right? We can't now, we will gather again. We can't now gather the way we did before for the good of you and the good of our neighbors and the good of the vulnerable in our church. We can't do so, but here's what we're reminded, right? Where do you go to church, people ask? And we tell the Moody Church and we often mean a what and a where. But that's not the way the Bible refers to church. The Bible refers to church as a who. And you are gathered all around, well, computers and televisions, whatever you're watching on. We have multiple streams, our ASL stream, our Spanish stream, our English stream. And the who of Moody Church and the broader body of Christ is still that who. See, the kingdom of God has birthed the church in its wake. So we are an instrument. Ephesians 3 says God has chosen the church to make known his manifold wisdom in the world. So what has come near, Jesus says, is the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The king has come. The kingdom has come. The gospel ultimately will be proclaimed and his reign will be evident over the whole earth. And you know one of the things I love about Moody Church? It's that you're working to make the world more like Jesus would have it to be in many ways. You know, the f first time I actually spoke here was before I was the interim pastor and before uh, Pastor Lutzer had actually left. Um, it was the missions conference in early 2016. I lived in 
Nashville at the time. We hadn't yet made the move to Chicago. And I spoke at the missions conference. And Simone Halpin, who's on staff here, who now uh, leads Naomi's house, had the privilege of having her on the radio yesterday at Moody Radio. If you want to listen to her program, she represented Moody Church, the gospel, and Naomi's house with great eloquence and clear gospel passion. But um, we had been talking about refugees. And at that time, Moody Church said, hey, would you come and preach about how we're to love and serve people and specifically mention refugees that spring of 2016. And I did because I love the fact that Moody Church recognizes that as the kingdom of God is broken into the world, as we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, believing that ultimately when Jesus comes, he makes all things right. He dries every tear. He writes every wrong. And now we work as citizens and instruments of his kingdom. So my first time here was because of your love for caring for vulnerable and marginalized people. See, Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. And Jesus announces his message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And when we join Jesus on his mission, we do kingdom work like that. So number one is we live a a world-changing message, the gospel of the kingdom. Number two is live a life-changing message, the gospel of personal transformation. Number three, live a Jesus-focused message, joining Jesus on his mission. Let's look at number two and dwell a little bit more. So first is live a world-changing message, the gospel of the kingdom. It's broken into the world. We're instruments of his kingdom. Live a life-changing message, the gospel of personal transformation. See, it's not just the kingdom is broken into the world. Therefore, we seek to be instruments and make the world more like Jesus would have it to be, though it certainly is that. Thank God for the ministry I mentioned called Naomi's House, a key ministry here at Moody Church. But it's also a gospel of personal transformation. We see that in the verses that follow, right? So just remind you that Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. Let's look at Matthew 4 verses 18 through 22. It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Maybe not the profession of honor in that day, but doesn't God choose those who might be lowly in the world's estimation? And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So don't miss this. Jesus went to fishermen, fished them, and then said to them, they'd fish others. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus goes fishing, and he catches men, and then he says to those 2,000 years later, men and women, that he catches, and he says to them, you will fish for people too. Now, I don't want you to miss that because the clarity of the gospel of personal transformation is evident here, is that you and I respond to God's grace in our life. We receive by grace and through faith the good news of the gospel, and it is a personal transformation. And that's what this church was founded on. Now, don't miss this, right? Because D.L. Moody, I'm going to talk more about him a bit from now, but D.L. Moody went to the low of a state as well, right? It's... The, on the outside of this church building, which one day we'll gather again. And there's a reference to ever welcome in this house, being the strangers 
and the poor. But Jesus started where they were. He called them to himself. We see this over and over again. He does this with the woman at the well in John 4. Uh, here he uses the profession of these men literally to call him. He says, follow me. Don't miss that. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to be sure that in my last message at Moody Church that I say to you, you can respond. You can repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. You can receive the new life that Jesus has provided for you, the grace of the forgiveness and you receive by grace and through faith because it's a personal call that Jesus gives and a personal transformation that Jesus gives and ultimately then a personal mission that Jesus gives. You will fish for men. Now, I don't want you to miss this because what we find here is this idea that something has changed in us. And the phrase I have often used here, I gosh, probably hundreds of times over the years, is that we, without Christ, are dead in our trespasses and sins. Romans 6.11 helps us with that. It says, so you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So something changes, right? Paul writes in Ephesians that we were dead in our trespasses and sins without the good news of the gospel, without new life, without being born again from outside. Not yourself, not try harder, not do better, but repent, believe, be born again. Personal transformation has been central to what this church has believed for such a very long time. And as Pastor Philip comes, and I'm so thankful we got to spend some time together last week, as he comes and leads here forward, a new season of the church, part of why we will together pray for him and you will embrace him as your new pastor will be his passion for showing and sharing the love of Jesus in the midst of a broken and hurting world. So as that becomes our priority, we recognize we're a church named after an evangelist. If you didn't know that, you might have just thought that sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're sad, so we're the Moody Church. That's actually not why. We're named after someone named D.L. Moody, who came and ministered to the downtrodden and the down and out, those without, those on the margins of society. He was an instrument of the kingdom, making the world more like Jesus would have it to be. Never forgetting that men and women are dead in their trespasses and sins and deeply in need of the gospel. And I think that would be my reminder to me and to us together that we don't ultimately miss that Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, right? When we make much of Jesus, his kingdom, working in the world as his instruments, his gospel, calling women and men to personal transformation, to be born again by the power of that gospel. You may remember that we did a series um, probably two years ago now. It wasn't the first year, I think it was the second year. And we talked some about how the church would be on mission. And we looked at a message called being compelled by love. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21 was our text. But let me just go to verse 20. Here's what it says. Paul's actually writing about himself. But for 2,000 years, Christians have used this verse to identify their role. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Never miss the fact that Moody Church is an embassy of the kingdom of God and you are an ambassador and your neighbor, your parents, your children, your friends, your coworkers need Jesus and they need you to represent Jesus and his kingdom well. And when that becomes and remains the heart and the focus of the Moody Church, it 
kind of aligns with the message of our founder. And I don't mean D.L. Moody. It aligns with the message of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords upon that rock this church is built who said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men and of women. So we see the gospel brings about a new life with a new assignment, an ambassadorial role. Which leads me to my last point. Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. We looked at live a world-changing message, the gospel of the kingdom. Live a life-changing message, the gospel of personal transformation. But let's look at number three. To live a Jesus-focused message, joining Jesus on mission. Joining Jesus on mission. There's a call. There's a place for us. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 is going to be so key. Now, Matthew 4, 23 is actually almost repeated verbatim in other places. Matthew, we talked about this three years ago. Matthew uses this phrase both as a truth and as a literary device. It's when he resets the passage. He says, we're going to talk about something new and we're going to finish up what we're talking about now. Let's look at how Matthew reminds you, just that you may notice I repeat a phrase sometimes. Matthew does the same thing in the text. Here's what he says in Matthew 4:23. And he, that's Jesus, went throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Don't miss that, right? He went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel and healing every disease and affliction. So this is just right here in the passage. This is just walking through. We've We've seen him say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because the Moody church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, right? His kingdom, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His gospel, follow me and I will make you fish for men and women. And his mission, he went throughout Galilee teaching, preaching, and healing. You see, the gospel compels us on this mission, teaching, preaching, and healing. I love that. Strong declaration of the gospel like a prophet preaching, teaching, gracious conversation of the gospel, maybe like a priest, healing, touching lives because of the gospel like a physician. The good news, the gospel. Moody Church is an evangelical church. The word evangelical has not thrived in the last few years. Maybe the reputation of evangelicals has not thrived in the last few years. But Jesus proclaimed the gospel, the euangelion, in the Greek from where we get good news and evangelism and evangelical. And he calls these four people to follow him. Now others begin to follow him and we see his mission. Now there's challenges that are there, right? There's a famous phrase attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. You may have seen it on Facebook or some other social media platform. It says, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. And you might think that's, a, that's a, such a great thing. We could, by our deeds, show the love of Jesus. Isn't that what D.L. Moody did? That it was so noticed how he ministered to the poor children in this community that Abraham Lincoln would come and see. I mean, thank God for his deeds. Preach the gospel at all times. Maybe he thought, if necessary, use words. There's really two problems with that quote. Number one, uh, Francis never said it, so there's that, though. Remember the words of Abraham Lincoln, don't believe all those quotes attributed to me on the internet. Uh, number two, it's, it's really bad theology. It's actually far, far from the gospel. And if Jesus sends us on his mission, he came serving the hurting and saving the lost. So it is we join him in that mission. So Moody Church has not thrived 
solely because it cared for hurting people. It's thrived because it joined Jesus on his mission of caring for hurting people and sharing the good news of the gospel broadly and widely. We be the good news. We, we do good news. We tell good news. I mean, think about the ways Moody Church has changed so many lives. Ministries that have been launched from here, the Karis Pregnancy Center, right? Global missionaries around the world, right? The By the Hand Club for kids. Think about the difference that the By the Hand Club has made. I mentioned Naomi's house for uh, women who've been commercially sexually exploited, right? So, so here that ministry and mission is, is evident. Jesus ministered in real places among real people and he calls us to do the same. And let me tell you, who would have guessed that the ministry that we would do in 2020 would look like it is. Pastor Phillips coming into a tumultuous, calamitous time. So we pray for him and hopefully you'll rally around as he leads us through these next steps. But he also knows what I've shed, said and shared with you on more than one occasion. Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near, his gospel, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men and his kingdom. He came preaching, teaching, and healing. So we come preaching, sharing the gospel, teaching, discipling people through the rich ministries of the Moody Church and more, and healing by caring for them in so many multiple ways. So you know that since I've been here, I told you probably a dozen times, my favorite verse is what I want to close with. It's John chapter 20, verse 21. Because it's all about Jesus, right? Let's make much of Jesus. Pray we make much of Jesus. I even tweeted just at the beginning of this message. So how do we make much of Jesus? Well, he tells us. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. So we say, here I am, Lord, send me, right? His kingdom, his gospel, his mission, even so send I you, Jesus says. So that's the call that we have on our lives. And what a legacy at the Moody Church. Um, according to the Norwegian Historical Society, D.L. Moody moved to Chicago at the age of 19 as a shoe salesman. I think one of my favorite moments was when we were going through the Beatitudes. There's only two uncontested recordings of D.L. Moody found on a wax tube that was later converted to, to a YouTube. And um, I loved playing that when we were reading the Beatitudes and you'd heard the voice of D.L. Moody that day. And it's, it's, it, do, it doesn't begin at the beginning and it just sort of trails off and we went back to the same gospel message in Matthew. So it says that Moody, the Norwegian Historical Society, Moody started out in an abandoned saloon in a slum called Little Hell. It's not far from here, called Little Hell where he taught poor Irish, Scandinavian, and German immigrant children. He wore a slightly disheveled suit. He made grammatical errors when he spoke. His Yankee accent must have sounded strange to the Chicago children. They wrote, he pronounced mercy as mussy and heart as hot. He was on a mission that must have seemed like hell. It was actually called Little Hell because of some of the factories that would belch up a glowing smoke. And, but God used D.L. Moody because he was fully devoted to the Lord. Here's what R.A. Torrey said at his funeral. He said, because he wrote a whole sermon, that why did God use D.L. Moody? What a great question. I direct you to it. I'll post it in the Facebook 
page comments later today underneath this Facebook stream. Can I encourage you too, by the way, if you are watching on YouTube or face, Facebook too, make sure you also migrate over the Moody Church platform. You can go to moodychurch.org to do that, but like and share before you do so, so people can learn more about Moody Church and excited about the ministry of Pastor Philip. But here's what R.A. Torrey said. He said, the first thing that accounts for God's using D.L. Moody so mightily was that he was a fully surrendered man. Every ounce of that 280 pound body of his belonged to God and everything he was and everything he had belonged wholly to God. What a great thing to say at the funeral. Though, can I just make a request at my funeral? Let's not mention the weight. Just, I don't know why, they, maybe that was more culturally acceptable in that day. But just to remind you that D.L. Moody actually was a fat bearded man from back east. And as another fat bearded man from back east, New York in my case, I wouldn't be worthy to tell D.L. Moody anything. And to be honest, I don't think I've been worthy to tell Moody Church much of anything. But I will tell you that in a place called Little Hell, D.L. Moody came and he said that he was going to be used of God. Ari Tori would explain how he was used of God, but it was all about Jesus. His kingdom, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come and been an instrument of the kingdom. His gospel, a clear gospel that men and women are dead in their trespasses and sins and need the good news of the gospel shared with them and to receive by grace and through faith and his mission. So I'll tell you, um, Moody Church, Moody Church is the church God uses when it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. So thanks for the opportunity to serve you for these three and three quarters years I'm sure I made mistakes. I'm sure that times I was helpful, times I was not. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, Count Zinzendorf once said this, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. A certain irony, by the way, that we remember that Count Zinzendorf said, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. But that irony aside, um, I hope that I've preached the gospel. I'll die and be forgotten. Um, and so it is with Moody Church. But it's not about Moody Church. It's not about Philip, though, thank God for Philip. It's not about our staff. It's not about this beautiful building. It's about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the privilege to serve in this place among your people. I thank you for the amazing church that Moody Church has been. I thank you for the amazing church that Moody Church is. And God, I thank you for the amazing church that Moody Church will continue to be as it's all about Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, and his mission. May you remind us that you are all to us, that everything we have, everything that matters, may we be like D.L. Moody, like the disciples in this passage, like the sisters and brothers who have gone before us at Moody Church and in gospel preaching churches around the world. May we be shaped by the power of the gospel and ultimately may you be all to us for it's in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake that we pray. Amen and amen. God bless.